Welcome everybody to episode 5 of Talkin' Schmodown. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I am here to give you the week's breakdown in the world of the Schmodown. We've actually had quite a bit uh, go down. We had the Schmodown Awards take place, and we had the first uh, match happen. It was the uh, live event out of New York, which I, I, you know, I can't get into too much. I can't give away any spoilers yet. Uh, but I will uh, kind of give my initial uh, reaction to that. So, you know, I think we should just really just get into it and everything. So let's get ready to talk Schmodown. All right, I am excited. This was uh, even though there was only a couple of things that happened, it was it felt like a jam packed week because of the all the excitement and everything that uh, has been surrounding both the awards and the uh, the live event from this past weekend. It's some crazy stuff happened, so I'll get into some of it, and some of it we'll have to wait for. But uh, we have a little bit of news coverage to uh, kind of go through first. Uh, tomorrow uh, being uh, Tuesday will be the premiere of the preview special for the relaunch of Inside Schmodown with Ken Knapsack. Uh For those of you who uh, used to watch it when it was on, they used to do it on uh, Facebook, it's kind of like a, like an inside sports kind of a thing. Uh, Ken would just kind of, he would sit down, he would break down uh, you know, the happenings in the Schmodown. He would have competitors on, kind of talk about things. I really enjoyed it, so I'm glad that, that it's coming back and it'll be nice to see uh, Ken getting more involved with things uh, outside of just you know a managerial role, which he's great at. But I really enjoyed Inside Schmodown, so I'm really glad to see the, that it's coming back. Also, this Thursday, uh, January 31st, will be uh, the January Exhibition Match, which is the Patriots uh, coming back together to face the Schmoes. That's right. So we're gonna have Jeff Jeff Snyder and JTE going head to head. With Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis, one time only. We're not going to ever see this again. So make sure you, you guys join the Patreon so you can see this. This is this is a once in a lifetime match. You don't want to miss it. It will be available, like I said, this Thursday for the uh, ten dollar and up patrons, and then uh, will be available to all patrons uh, starting uh, February fourteenth. Two you know two weeks later. I'm actually really excited for this match. Um, as a team, I didn't really like the Patriots, but I respected them. You know, they're they're the best team in the league. They went nine and zero before uh, being defeated. No other team has ever done that. They held the titles, the tag team titles, for over a year. You know, so you can't deny the greatness of the team. And after they split, I was actually really shocked to hear that they were going to be teaming back up for this exhibition match. so And to see the Schmoes back together, you know, getting in the ring and doing their thing, that that's, that's this is exciting. 
I really think you guys need to get on Patreon. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to be left out in the cold when it comes to this because this match will not be available to the public. It will only be available to patrons. So get on there, even on that dollar that dollar tier. Yeah, you have to wait the two weeks, but at least you'll be able to see it. So you know when that happens, I will be doing um, uh, you know an episode for just specifically for that. But I will wait the uh, the two weeks. Until at least all the, all of the patrons can can uh, listen to that one and, and everything and enjoy it. So uh, we what I want to talk about before I get into all the uh, the stuff with the awards is I want to talk about the the live show uh, because I'm not going to be doing any spoilers. It's not going to be a super long conversation. I just want to give my 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 initial thoughts, uh, a couple of critiques here and there, but nothing too in depth. I will do that on next week's show when I'm able to actually break down uh, the the matches and everything. So to start off, I thought that uh, the energy in, inside the room was, was palpable during the event. As I'm watching it, like you can just feel it in the crowd. That the crowd was loving it. They were vocal and, and interactive. Uh, they started off the broadcast with uh, Josh McCuga. Uh, Frank Janish and Brad Gilmore, uh, the last two you guys uh, may know from the Schmodown Rundown. Uh, they were just kind of out there, essentially killing time until the show was ready to start. So they were out there giving away some merch. They had some t-shirts, uh, some Josh McCuga for Jeopardy buttons and stickers and stuff. Um, they were So they were asking some Schmodown related questions, uh, a couple of movie related questions as well, to the audience and giving away some, some, uh, some merch. I thought that was really fun. It's you know, I I, th- I think when you have a crowd like this and you want to get them hyped up, you wanna you, know, you want to make sure that they that their energy is at a max for the start of this show. Getting someone out there like a Josh McCuga and a Brad Gilmore, that's that I think that's perfect because those two guys they have a lot of energy and they love this game. So it. It's. I think it was a great choice to have them out there, essentially hyping up the crowd before uh, the show even got started. When the broadcast started, they were. They. I, it seems like they had already been out there for a bit, because uh, I think it was only about 15, 20 minutes or so until the show started. And so I feel like they had probably been out there for a while. You know, kind of killing time with the crowd. You know, having good, fun interactions with them until they could get everything underway. So I was I thought that was a really cool way to start things off. Uh, I really think Christian and the gang did a great job with this first live stream. Uh, you know they kept things interesting the whole time, uh, and I, I even loved seeing like the little small flubs happen when uh, you know like Christian would say something you know the wrong words or you know some other stuff would happen, which I'll talk about more so um, on, on next week's show. But you know just some of those little flubs were fun to see. Um, now this part, this isn't really a spoiler, but during the event, a challenge took place. I'm not going to say, you know, what match it took place during. Uh, I'm not going to say who made this challenge or any of that. I'm not going to give any of the details about it. But I wanted, what I wanted to say about it is that I really thought it was awesome just being able to see the deliberation process take place live on stage because that's not something that we normally see. It's always they always kind of you know, cut away and they cut that part out, um, which I get. You know, you're, you're trying to save time. It's not necessary when you're doing the studio show. But as someone who's never actually 
had the opportunity to go to one of the live events, it was fascinating to see that process unfold on stage. So I thought that was that was really cool. Um, both matches were great. They really showcased uh, the the competitors involved and uh, their knowledge. Uh, Christian uh, he he did a great job putting this together and, and picking what matches. Uh, they were going to uh, have as their showcase, and I, I, I was really impressed by everything that they did. Um, something else that went ha- that went down: Christian uh, finally revealed who the other commissioner will be and what they'll be in charge of. I'm not obviously I'm not going to spoil that here at all, so you're going to have to watch the show to find out who this person is. Um, I really think that this person will do an awesome job uh, as commissioner and. Uh, that they will uh, bring something interesting to the league. I'm super excited to see what they have in store. Uh, we also find out uh, the fate of Andrew Guy after his uh, outburst at the Schmodown Awards, which I will talk about later when I break down the awards show. So, um, overall, I thought it was a wonderful event. Really, the only issue I had with it was there was some uh, sound quality issues. Uh, I was listening to it on uh, headphones, so I don't know if if this sound issue took place on regular, like like if you were just watching it on your computer or or like on the TV or whatever. It, I don't know if these issues were happening there, but listening to it on headphones, sometimes like one one ear would drop out, and then you know it would switch, and the other ear would drop out, or like the volume would drop real low, and then kind of get a little high, and it would kind of there was a little bit of, uh, like I said, there was a little bit of audio issues going on, but it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. It didn't uh, didn't detract from from the show really in any way. Uh, there was like one moment where the audio completely cut out for about maybe five seconds total. Um, other than that, you know, I thought it, they did a great job with this first live this first live stream. I thought it was great, um, and hopefully they'll be able to. Uh, you know, fix whatever possible issues that they had, uh, like audio issues or anything like that that they had. Uh, but the stream itself, I mean, at least from the recorded version, because I didn't actually get a chance to watch it live as it aired. I had to, I watched it the following day. Um, I, I I think that uh, it went well. It doesn't seem like they had any actual streaming issues, like any like issues with like the stream cutting out or anything. It didn't seem that way. So that's fantastic. Um, like I said, overall, I thought it was a wonderful event. I'm sincerely looking forward to the next one and to Season 6 as a whole. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they're going to bring uh, for this, this season. Uh, it, it's going to be fantastic. He's Christian has said he's got a lot of big plans, so I am ready, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, the, this uh, match, These matches will be uh, made available to the public on the Movie Trivia Schmode on YouTube page on Friday, February 1st. So uh, make sure that you're uh, you know around and, and checking that out when it happens. And that brings us to uh, what we're all here for, is the 2018 Schmodown Awards. This was a great show. Uh, it originally took place on January 12th at the Comedy Store. Then it was released to the public on the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown YouTube channel on Friday, January 25th. So it was a pretty long show, about two and a half hours long, but it was well worth it. They put on a great production. Um, everything, it looked great. I really enjoyed the vibe of this uh, this year's show as compared 
to uh, what they did last year. I thought, you know, it being not in the studio, I thought I thought this was great. I really enjoyed this, and hopefully, you know, hopefully they can go back to a place like this, or you know, even maybe do something bigger. Even maybe, who knows? But it was uh, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it, and uh, hey, I, I hope they I hope they're able to continue to grow it and do stuff like this. The show started off, Christian it was in his office, then Andrew Guy starts knocking on the door and comes in, starts gloating, you know, about what happened at the Spectacular, uh, and what, you know, what happened with uh, Harloff and, and, and Kalinowski, you know, just trying, trying to suck up to him, you know, classic Guy maneuvers. Uh, Christian gets sick and tired of it, and he tells Guy that, you know, he's done with all this, and if he gets out of line... One more time, doesn't matter if he flies off the handle, gets out of line one more time, that the punishment will be severe. And we'll talk a bit more about that uh, at the end of this, because some stuff happens. And as I said before, uh, some stuff happens um, that that is revealed, you know, the, what the consequences are at uh, that happened at the live show, so... Then they launched into the pre-show. It was only about 12 minutes long, which wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, like in comparison to the, like the hour-long pre-show that they did for uh, the Spectacular, which I understood, but I still wish they had broken that up into you know, like a 20-minute section for each video that they did for the Spectacular, but it's neither here nor there. I've talked about that before. Um, this uh, During this event, it was actually Jen Sturger doing all the interviews, uh, she had quite a few people back there. She had uh, Janine the Machine. She had uh, the inner geekdom champ Mike Kalinowski, who, uh, who who said that for this new season he feels like he's unshackled. So that actually really excites me um, to to see what Mike and Corruption are going to be able to do with with without being shackled. Like he says, he says you know he's no longer the puppet. So he he is he, he's he's free he's he's ready to to do some do some damage so I'm really excited to see I love Mike as as this heel as this this new KO as they you know they've been doing and everything I I really dig this gimmick that he's been going with and and I hope that it continues I was worried um, that after everything that went down the spectacular they might not have anything for him because that was his whole thing. But it's nice to see that they're going to continue rolling with it, and, and hopefully we'll see something, some something new and impressive from Mike this year. And uh, Emma popped in. Uh, she, it was what, what I thought was funny about this interview it wasn't necessarily the interview itself. It was just the fact that right behind Emma, just all of a sudden, I know where popped up Roxy Stryer, just like a ninja. She just popped up, and then just, just as quick as she came, she was gone. It was just kind of like, like, whoa, that was Roxy. She just got a boop and out. It was really kind of funny to me. Uh, and we had, you know, people like Jay Washington. She talked to uh, Andrew Guy uh, in the back. She went. She talked to the Wildberries at the who were at the bar. They were just getting smashed right off the bat. It was it was pretty funny. Uh, and she she talked with uh, Mark Riley, who was there with uh, his fiance Julie and uh, Ken Knapsack. Um, she went on to talk to uh, Mark and Draco and Rachel Cushing. 
Uh, and Draco really wants to get back into the into the the ring and put the smackdown on Bibiani, which I think will be. Uh, I, I I love it when the two of them face off. So I'd love to see another match between them. Maybe uh, and Draco will finally be able to take him down. And then uh, she she ended up ended her interviews with John Roca, who uh, actually teased some pretty good stuff for the Horsemen. I'm excited. It looks like they're. Uh, you know they're planning on adding you know at least one new member. Who knows how many they might do more than five. You never know what uh, what Roke is gonna do. But he teased that you know whether they've been recruiting or people have been coming to them. You know it makes sense. You know they're a, they're a power team. It does. It makes sense that they people would want to join the Horsemen. So and and he uh, it seems like he'll be continuing on with the founding fathers. So, you know, since uh, Top 10 is no longer a team anymore with Matt Nose retiring, it seems that uh, him and Dan are going to continue on as the Founding Fathers. So I think that's going to be a team to, to look out for this season. Then to start off the show, Emma Fife came out. She uh, came out and introduced the, 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 the show overall and then introduced the MC of the, uh, of the night, Mr. Mark Baby Carrots Ellis. Mark Ellis, he is a fantastic comedian. I have, unfortunately, have not had the chance to see him live. I would love the next time he comes uh, down my way, which he does once in a while. I just, you know, each time that I've I've known about him coming down uh, where I live, which is in the Syracuse, New York area, uh, it tends to I tend to not be able to for one reason or another, whether it's work or something else comes up. But by the time I find out, but one of these times I will see him. Uh, live doing his stand-up because he crushed his opening monologue. It was fantastic. It really set the vibe for the entire night. The tone was just it was just joyful and just like jovial. It was fantastic. I I I, I loved every single minute of it. Uh, and and like I said before, I really thought that this this year's show had a much better vibe and a big part of that. Is Ellis and 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 his monologue? Like I liked what he did last year, but I really thought he brought his A game this this year. And maybe it's being on stage at the comedy store. Maybe it really uh, sparked something in him. I don't know, but uh, yeah, keep it up, man. It was fantastic. Now we're going to get into the awards themselves. They started off they uh, with the best entrance singles. The Harris Brothers came out to to uh, present. They were they were funny doing their their shtick. It was great um, seeing them kind of be the uh, the uppity kind of know it alls, uh, and I I really dug it. So and I'm actually really excited to see more from them this year uh, as a team. So the nominees for best entrance singles were William Bibiani versus Jeff Snyder for uh, the Beast's Clue entrance. William Bibiani vs. Mark and Draco, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Brianne Chandler at the Free For All 2, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Andrew Guy at Free For All 2 as Dan Merle. And Janine the Machine vs. Ben Bateman, Misty Knight. The winner of this one, of course, was Andrew Guy. Uh, honestly, I, I thought it was a little shocking. Uh, whenever anybody else that I've heard talk about this this specific category didn't think that guy really deserved it 
because it wasn't really an entrance. It was just him coming out pretending to be somebody else. So I, I mean, I understand why a lot of people voted for it because I mean it's Andrew Guy. He's got a lot of fans. It was very memorable. I get it. But I, I think there were some of these other ones were definitely way more deserving. Um, and I know that uh, Bibiani was not very happy about losing this one to that. Like with the amount of stuff that he put into both of those uh, entrances that he had that he was nominated for, the fact that just coming out to some other guy's, you know, music and pretend, you know, and just being there t- for that to take the win, I know he wasn't very happy about that. <clears throat> um, this was you know the first time we actually got to see what the awards were gonna look like, and and I love that they uh, were actual like wheel slices with the, you know the category on it and everything, and with their images on it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, that's something that I you know would be fantastic just just take home and frame or, or, or laminate or whatever and hang or display somewhere. It was really unique, and I really liked uh, liked that as the award. I thought it was perfect. The next category was Best Entrance for Teams. Harris Brothers stayed out to present this one as well. The nominees were Critically Acclaimed and Modoc, Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted. The Self-Righteous Brothers and Take the Cannoli, Hellraiser and Logan. The Shire Wolves versus Sick in the Head for Thor Ragnarok. The Shire Wolves versus Who's the Boss, Girls Run the World. And Wait, I Know This versus The Founding Fathers, Jurassic Park. And the winner here was the Shire Wolves. Now, with the Shire Wolves being nominated for two in this category, I, what, is, what happened next was uh, kind of... Kind of a uh, La La Land Moonlight situ- situation where Lon, he, he announces the Shower Wolves, but he announces it for, and says, for girls run the world. And then when they got up there and they opened up, the, you know, and they looked at their wheel slice, they realized it was actually for uh, their Thor Ragnarok entrance uh, for when they were up against... Uh, sick in the hand when they first won they when they won the titles when they won the the tag titles which is still you know that's the one that I voted for I absolutely loved that entrance um but you know that is something that I know that uh Rachel had talked about it during her interview her pre-show interview was that that girls run the world one that was the one that she wanted to win the most, um, that it, it, Jen had asked, you know, if, if there was one uh, award that you could win for, what would it be? And she said it would be for that that girls run, run the world entrance. And so when it was announced, you know, they 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 looked thrilled, and then super confused when they looked at the uh, the piece, but obviously still happy to win. Um, you know, they, they put a lot into it. Clark, Clark loved doing that when she talks about it, about how she loved being Lady Thor. Um, so, I, you know, in either way, like I said, that's the one I voted for, so I'm happy that it won. But, uh, like, I, yeah, 
I would have been happy either way because the Shire Wolves, they are fantastic. So I'm glad in general that they won. Next up, uh, Emma, Fife, and Tom Dagnino came out. Tom was wearing a uh, little Bobby in the Juice hoodie, which I thought was hilarious, and I kind of want to get one. Uh, I have to look and see if he's selling them anywhere because that's a fantastic-looking hoodie. They came out to present the uh, Inner Geekdom slash Star Wars Player of the Year. The nominees for that were Rachel Cushing, Alex Damon, Mark Donica, Jason Inman, and Mike Kalinowski. And the winner is Alex Damon, the current Star Wars champ. Uh, I honestly, I was a little bit surprised. I like, I like Alex, and he's he's great. Um, but I was just, I wasn't expecting. It. I was expecting one of the inner geek, like a Rachel Cushing, or uh, you know, possibly even a Jason Inman or a Mike Kalinowski to take this one. I just, I don't know. He was, he wasn't the one on my radar. So it was kind of kind of cool to see him take take this uh, this award. Unfortunately, he was not able to be there. So the other Alex, who I believe is, uh, I believe he's their intern uh, on uh, at, like Collider and Chabot's and everything. Um, he was there and he accepted on uh, Damon's behalf. Then uh, late to the party came out to present upset of the year. Upset of the year's nominees were Mark Andrako versus Ethan Irwin, Ben Bateman versus Lon Harris. Emma Fife wins the Commissioner Bowl. Andrew Guy versus Mark Riley. The Harris Brothers versus Take the Cannoli. Adam Lavic versus Hector Navarro. Mark Knopic versus Rachel Cushing. Corruption versus the Founding Fathers. Dan Merle versus Andrew Guy. And World's Finest versus Team Trek. This one I don't think anybody was really surprised at. And it was Andrew Guy... Uh, defeating Dan Merle um, on Dan Merle's uh, return to the Schmodown. I I really don't think that anybody was shocked. This was, you know, so this is Guy's second award of the night. He comes out to, you know, accept his award. And he's like digging around in his coat. He says he's got an acceptance speech. He pulls pulls out this paper, opens it up, and on it says, Fuck you, Bateman. And I thought that was really fun. Uh, you know they're really just pushing this storyline forward with the two of them, so I thought that was that was pretty fantastic. Then next came uh, William Bibiani and Janine the Machine to present podcast slash after show of the year, and the nominees were dedicated to the art, late to the party, Schmodown Central, Schmodown Rundown. And take three productions. Now, I know that during the uh, the episode that I did where I talked about the nominations, I had said, you know, I there's two of these that I've never heard of. I've never heard of Dedicated to the Art, and I've never heard of uh, Schmodown Central. And then, you know, it's nothing against them. It's just I have not heard of, of them. And that's, and that's fine. Um, obviously, you know, we know who Late to the Party is. Uh, you know, and I know... Take three productions, and obviously Schmodown Rundown. And so, to me, it was no surprise who won, in that who which was Schmodown Rundown. You know, they are the official after show. I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that you know that you know they are the official after show. 
of the Schmodown. I think it's honestly, it's just more that they, yes, they, they get more, um, they get more attention because of that. And that's fine. So more people know who they are. Uh, I thought it honestly that it would be between them and possibly late to the party because, you know, they're competitors and everything as well. So, you know, they've been on there. So there's a lot of exposure there for them. Um, but in general, I didn't, you know, it really wasn't a big surprise. I'm happy for the guys. I love, I love the show. They are my inspiration for doing this show. Um, so I'm really glad to see that they were able to take home, uh, the award. Um, Frank Janish was, uh, the one who was there to accept, uh, Brad Gilmore wasn't able to make it, uh, to the award show, but, uh, you know, it was nice to be able to actually hear Frank talk for a change, because when Brad's there, he usually... Frank doesn't get that chance to talk, just like we saw at the uh, spectacular. Frank even jokes a little bit about that, so I thought that was that was quite entertaining. Next up, Brianne Chandler came out to Jeff Snyder's music, which was awesome. You had a uh, little Dropkick Murphys go down, and I was like, okay, is Snyder coming out, or like, are the Patriots gonna come out? You know, I thought that could have been neat, but then it was Brianne, and she did this to mock. Andrew Guy, and I thought that was fantastic, because, I mean, honestly, that's all, that's all he did, he did exactly what she did, should she get entrance of the year, you know, because of that, I I don't think so, but I digress, Um, this was for, uh, this award was for manager of the year, and the nominees for that were Finstock, Emma Fife, Ken Knapsack, Roxy Stryer, and Jay Washington, and the winner, the Golden Mike, Miss Emma Fife. She's very deserving. Uh, she is my favorite um, manager, through, you know, in the Schmodown. I do, I do love me some Finstock. He's funny as heck, but uh, I, I think Emma, as an overall manager, has the one is the one who has done the best. Um, I, I, I enjoy Jay Washington as well. He's very entertaining, but like I said, Emma has really, has really shown what it is to be a manager. And I hope that she's able to take that and bring that into her commissionership, uh, as well. Next up, uh, Jay Washington, speaking of which, and his, uh, his champion, Ethan Irwin came out. Uh, so they came out to present the Babyface Team of the Year. And the nominees for Babyface Team of the Year were Above the Line, The Founding Fathers, The Shire Wolves, Take the Cannoli, and The Wild Berries. Now, this one, I knew who I but I was honestly not sure who was actually going to win. Mainly because I know how popular the Wild Berries really are. So in my mind, I thought that they actually had a fairly large chance of winning this one. Simply because of how much people love them as a team. But of course, it, the winner of this award was the Shire Wolves. The uh, tag team champions, the very, very deserving tag team champions, uh, Clark Wolf and Rachel Cushing. I love the Shire Wolves. They were my pick for this award, and I'm really, really glad 
that they managed to uh, to take it home. Uh, Jane Ethan stayed out to present the heel team of the year award. And the nominees for that were the Harris Brothers, the Kingsmen, Corruption, the Patriots, and Team Action. Jay actually uh, makes note that the last two teams there, Patriots and Team Action, aren't actually teams anymore. I thought that was interesting. Uh, they were actually on my list of best defunct teams last week. So if you haven't uh, listened to that one, check out episode four of Talking Schmodown. You can hear my, my top five defunct teams list. So the winner of the heel team of the year was, of course, Team Action. Guy came out to accept the award, and of course, he pulled out another sign, and it says the exact same thing. It says, fuck you, Bateman. So, I th- you know, they're really leaning into this. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's, he said he, could, he couldn't, he couldn't go off the, off the wall. You know, Christian said he could not have an outburst, so he made some signs. I get that, and it's pretty funny. He then goes into the back to do his uh, interview with, um, with with Jen, who's been who had been doing interviews with everybody uh, right after their their uh, award, and pulls it out again. He said he has a bunch of them, so I thought that was pretty funny. Then the Wildberries came out to present uh, heel team or no heel of the year and babyface of the year, and this was this was a great one. Um, the they were they were so hammered, and Elliot's over here saying people's names wrong, obviously on purpose. But it was one of the funniest things, and the best one was Michael Kawasaki, which I thought was great. You know, instead of Mike Kalinowski, it was Michael Kawasaki. Uh, he he, that it was it was some comedy gold. I, I loved it. It was it was fantastic. And so the nominees for Heel of the Year were Ben Bateman, Finstock, Andrew Guy, Lon Harris, and Mike Kalinowski. Or as uh, Elliot would have uh, said, Ben Batman, Finstock, Andrew Guy, Long John Harris, and Michael Kawasaki. Good times, good times. And the winner, of course... Yet again, Andrew Guy. Now, Makuga doesn't even give Guy the chance to come up. He just takes the award. He's like, no, you just sit down. And he takes his award and throws it out into the audience. And I, Some lucky fan may just have walked away with Andrew Guy's uh, Heel of the Year award. So, well, that was pretty cool. Then uh, they pr- presented the Babyface of the Year award. And the nominees for that were Rachel Cushing, Sam Levine, Mark Riley, John Rocha, and Clark Wolf. And the winner was Clark Wolf, one of the best best players in the Schmodown, and I'm so so glad that she was able to get this award. She was my pick for uh, Babyface of the Year. And it I, I absolutely love she she has been one of my favorites for a very long time, so I Always glad to see her get the much-deserved recognition. The next thing that happened was Christian came out to present the Yodi Award. Um, now, this is an award that they started last year uh, to give to a competitor 
who has, you know, essentially, you know, shaped the Schmodown, who is given, who has essentially kind of like given like a, a, a big impact on the Schmodown as a whole last year. Uh, it was inaugurated with Mark Yodi Riley. That's who it's named after. And this year, they there was only one. Even Christian says this: there was only one obvious choice to who to give the Yodi Award to, and that was Big John Schnepp. And this was a fantastic. First off, it was a fantastic thing for them to do, and it was a fantastic moment in Schmodown history. Schnepp's fiance Holly Payne. Uh, was there to accept they uh, they rolled a video clip uh, you know essentially a, like a, a montage a compilation of John Schnepp like a tribute video essentially and the moment he popped up on screen I started crying and did not stop until after Holly's speech this was the most powerful moment of the night the most memorable moment of the night I really hope that they uh, they post that video, um, just that video online, just so that people can can just watch that. It was fantastic. I miss John Schnapp every single day. He was a big part of my daily, you know, you, you know, geekdom, and every whether it was seeing him on uh, movie talk or on Heroes or on comic book shopping, or, you know, any of the other stuff that he does, you know, watching the documentary, he, you know, he's done so much, just listening to him talk about comic books, and movies, and everything, I, you know, I've been watching him since he first came on to Movie Talk back in the AMC days, and, man, it, it's, I still, Holly said it as well, it's still hard to process that he's he's gone. Um, yeah, th- this was a fantastic moment. It really hit. You know, I'm starting to choke up a little bit now just talking about it. He he is somebody who will never be forgotten. You know, he we will always cherish every every moment that any of us had with him, even if it was just via a screen. You know, always cherish those people around you that you love. Because you never know when they won't be around. <sighs> Anyways, after after that fantastic, fantastic moment, uh, Sam Levine came out to present the rookie team of the year. Drew couldn't be there uh, with his, his his former partner, but Sam was there to present the rookie team of the year and the nominees. For rookie team, or as they were calling it, new team of the year, were the Harris Brothers, Corruption, the Scream Queens, Who's the Boss, and the winners, the Shire Wolves. Of course, the tag team champs had a fantastic run this year, uh, going undefeated. So, of course, they would get rookie team of the year. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, that they would get that. It, it was, I, I, there's nobody else. I mean, honestly, they were the best. As simple as that. Then, So what was funny about this one, they came out to accept their award with, with their belts. They did this not because they wanted to show off their belts. 
they 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 even kind of go into this a little bit, but because they're scheduled to present the following award, so they collect their award, they go in the back, and then they come right back out to present the rookie of the year. Now, the rookie of the year, you know, a player who came into the Schmodown in 2018 and and made a huge impact. That is that is what this category is for. And the nominees for Rookie of the Year were Mark Donica, Chance Ellison, Ethan Irwin, Janine the Machine, and Eric Zipper. And the winner was the champ, Ethan Irwin. He came up with his manager, Jay Washington. They accepted this award. I th- This was obvious to me. As soon as... Uh, Mara Knopic removed, you know, removed herself from uh, uh, the ballot after uh, retiring from the Schmodown. The, that was my choice. She was my original pick, and then when they sent out the new links to vote uh, again because she had removed herself, Ethan was my next choice. So it is no surprise to me that he won this. He he did a fantastic job. You know, climbing through the ranks and and taking this award, it was awesome. It's the first rookie to win the 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 singles title, so you know I I, I it was fantastic. You know, he did a, a great job. That, I mean, there's really not a lot more I can say. Ethan Irwin is just he's a he's a powerhouse. He is a monster in the Schmodown, and I can't wait to see uh, you know what he does next. Then out comes Gray Drake and John Roca. <laughs> now this was fu- a, a funny little uh, a moment that took place. They came out to present the comeback player of the year. John was talking about stuff and calls Gray Clark by mistake, and it was hilarious. This is one of those things I was talking about with the live show. How uh, you know you got to see some flubs and stuff like that. I'm so glad. That they didn't like try to cut this out or anything. It was a fantastic little moment where he calls her Clark. So I, I guarantee you this will come up again down the road for him, especially if he ever comes face to face with Gray Drake uh, yet again. Gray Drake is she was a she was a fantastic sport about it. She just kind of laughed it off, uh, you know, poked a little fun at him, which was great. She is hilarious. Uh, I've met her once, and she she's just a, a ball of energy, and, and I loved it. So it was, it was actually real nice just in general to see her uh, here because we haven't really seen her in a while. So I hope she actually comes back uh, and, and, and does some more stuff with the Schmodown as well. So for Comeback Player of the Year, the nominees are Mark Andreco, William Bibiani, Mike Kalinowski, Dan Merle, and Clark Wolf. And the winner, I'll be honest, I did not expect this, but I'm really glad that this person won it. William the Beast Bibiani. He has done some fantastic stuff uh, this past year. The biggest of which was winning the singles championship belt. This guy crushed it. He not only 
did an amazing job at the free-for-all. I think it was like 21 rounds standing, something crazy like that. But then to go on and all and then win the singles belt, he is he, he finally was able to live up to all the hype from when he first came out on, onto the stage. And I gotta say, I loved it. I was I was thrilled for the guy, and I'm really hoping that we get to see some fantastic stuff from the from the Beast and from critically acclaimed uh, this year on the Schmodown. All right, our next uh, category was Moment of the Year, and this was presented by Chance Ellison and Ken Knapsack. Ken brought out his girl Grace Hancock. It was so good to, f- to see her back in the Schmodown doing something. I've missed Grace, you know, ever since she she stopped appearing. I really hope that she's able to come back at some point. You know, even if it's just. Just to do some announcing or something. I be you know just like a a, a fellow manager in corruption. Something. I loved seeing her and her her personality was fantastic, and and so I, I was really really glad to see her uh, on this during this event. Like I said, this was for moment of the year, and the nominees were Andrew Guy tackles Ben Bateman. Andrew Guy's entrance. At the free for all two, the five horsemen revealed. Sam Levine becomes double champion, and the Shire Wolves post interview. We are the league. Now there was a lot of people, kind of talking about who was what was going to win, what was going to win. This is the one that did win is the one that I I picked, um, mainly because I felt that as a singular moment in time this one was the biggest moment it may not have necessarily had the biggest ripple effect the biggest ramifications down the line but as a singular moment this was the cream of the crop for me and that was the five horsemen reveal John Roca and Mark Riley came out to accept. Guy tried to come up as well and was uh, shooed off, which was pretty funny. But yeah, this moment, it was something special. Because we knew that Roca was working on something, working on getting the horsemen back together. And so, you know, he came out and boom, Jason Inman's there. And it's like, Awesome. Jason Inman, part of the Horsemen. That's really cool. Then the next one drops. Boom. Mark Riley. It's like, there's our four Horsemen. Holy shit, this is awesome. Then they put up the five. And a fifth member comes out. And it's like, what? Five Horsemen? What? And then to have it be Dan freaking Merle. Dangerous Dan Merle to be the fifth member of the Horsemen. Mind blowing, and that right there is the reason that I think that this deserved this moment of the year award. Next, uh, we had match of the year, which uh, Ken and Chance stayed out to uh, to present, and the nominees for match of the year were Above the Line versus the Patriots two. 
Clark Wolf versus Sam Levine. Ethan Irwin versus Clark Wolf. Lon Harris versus Ethan Irwin. Mara Kanopic versus Rachel Cushing. Corruption versus the Founding Fathers. Take the Cannoli versus the Self Righteous Brothers. Top 10 versus Top That. Who's the Boss versus the Shirewolves. And William Bibiani versus John Rocha. And the winner was Mara Kanopic versus Rachel Cushing. Their match was, even though it was one of the like lowest scoring matches, apparently, uh, according to Frankie Numbers, um, it was one of the most intense matches to watch and one of the most memorable matches to watch. It was the match that I voted for, I know, and I'm thrilled that that they were able to take home the the award uh Mara unfortunately was not there so Rachel went up to accept the award um I I'm so glad that they were able to get they worked their asses off for this match you know with Rachel being extremely sick and Mara having recently been in a car accident and was in a lot of pain the two of them being able to tough it out and make it through like a ton of of uh sudden death questions so many i don't i'm not sure how many there were but there were so many sudden death questions they just kept going they just kept going and going and going and it was just a trial to watch it was fantastic it was it was that is why it's match of the year because it was the best match to watch of the year then uh, Roxy Stryer and Mark Riley came out, which was fun. Uh, Roxy pulled out one of Andrew Guy's signs that he apparently left because uh, he had thrown a couple of them, and, which I thought was really funny because you know, for those of you who keep up with things in you know the world of Collider and Schmodown and all those you know, all that stuff, if you watch Collider Live, any of that kind of stuff, then you would know that Roxy and, ba- and, and uh, Ben Bateman used to date. They were together for a while, um, and so it was really funny to see her pull out that sign that said "fuck you, Bateman." So they are there to not or to uh, present the Team of the Year award and the Singles Player of the Year award. Now the nominees for Team of the Year were Above the Line, critically acclaimed, The Harris Brothers, The Shire Wolves, and Who's the Boss, and of course. Winning the team of the year are the current babyface team of the year winners and the current tag team champions, the Shire Wolves, Clark Wolf, and Rachel Cushing. Much deserved. They are the team that really just brought it. Um, really, there's no other option. I mean, if you've got these two, you've got rookie team of the year, babyface team of the year. They won both of those. And... I mean, honestly, who else? There's no one else. You look at that list, no one else did what the Shire Wolves did. So this was an easy win for them. And and definitely well-deserved. Uh, the next one was Singles Player of the Year. And the nominees for that were William Bibiani, Ethan Irwin, Sam Levine, John Rocha, and Clark Wolf. And the winner 
of the Singles Player of the Year was none other than Ethan Irwin, the current singles champion. This was definitely made sense. Absolutely. He, uh, like I said, as a rookie, coming in and just demolishing and making his way up and taking that title, and that's why he was voted Rookie of the Year as well. So it makes sense that he would be uh, voted Singles Player of the Year. And uh, yeah, I mean, he 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 did a great job this this past year, and, and I'm so so excited to see what him and Jay have in store for 2019. Then the final award, which is Player of the Year. This is the overall player. You know, it could be you know taking everything into account: teams, singles. You know, if they're in. Uh, inner geekdom or Star Wars or any of that stuff. It takes all of that into account. And Mike Kalinowski and his former puppet Thad Williams comes out. Now, before they announced the award, the like the, the winner of the award, Mike pulled out another award. And it was the Puppet of the Year. And he gave it to Thad Williams. And I thought this was hilarious. It even had a little wheel slice, and it was, it was so much fun to uh, to see. And so, Puppet of the Year went to Thad Williams. And then, for Player of the Year, the nominees were Ben Bateman, Rachel Cushing, Ethan Irwin, Sam Levine, and Clark Wolf. Now, when you look at all the winners throughout this entire show... The winner of this, I honestly was surprised to see. Um, the winner was Sam Levine. And the reason that I'm surprised is he didn't win any... He, he, he did not win any of the other awards. Above the Line didn't win any team awards. He didn't win, like, singles player or any of that, any of that kind of stuff. It was... Just overall player of the year. I was a little shocked, to be honest with you. Um, I I thought maybe a Clark Wolf or even like a Rachel Cushing. Because if you look at everything that she's done in all three leagues that she is in, that is impressive. You know, she, yeah, she may not have won the Inner Geekdom belt or the singles belt. But she did have the tag team belt and she has done exceptionally well. You know, in general, throughout all three leagues. And so I was shocked. It's not 100% surprising that Sam would get this because of everything that he did. You know, winning the singles uh, tournament, winning the tag team tournament, and going on and being double belted from the previous year, and then being double belted this year, this past year. I mean, I, I, I get it. So... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm happy for him, so we'll just kind of kind of leave it at that. I, I, I'm happy that he won. I was just really surprised, you know, not necessarily disappointed, just surprised. Then, uh, so while Sam's out there, you know, doing his thing, he's he's you know talking about all the, the other champs that that have won during that during 2018, and he's listing them off. And he leaves out Mara Kanopic and Mike Kalinowski, 
which I was like, hey, what's up with that? Why? I, I'm assuming he just forgot because he names, you know, the Shire Wolves. He names Bibiani and Ethan Irwin and uh, uh, John Roca and even Alex Damon. And uh, he forgets about the rest of them. I, th- I don't even think he mentioned um, Jason Inman, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember him uh, mentioning Jason. So it's like he essentially just completely forgot about the inner geekdom. And I was a l- I was like, dude, come on, man. Th- Mara was super impressive this year. And she pulled off a huge like 5-0 winning streak before she ended up losing that title. And just to for- completely forget about her, she was, I don't know, she was the first woman to have a singles belt of any kind. You know, you've got the Shire Wolves who have the tag team belts, but she was the first one to have an individual belt. And I thought it was a bit of a shame that he forgot to mention her. Um, and the fact that he forgot about Mike was kind of kind of funny because he's there and he has, you know, he had the belt and everything with him. So I don't know. Uh, he also he called out the called up the thorn barrier the thorn as well. He called up the wild berries. Uh, Josh came up on stage and had a little fun with him, and then uh, you know he went into the back and everything. And uh, then Andrew Guy came out, and he was talking and talking, and then he finally burst, and it was big. He, Christian came out. And he told him, he, he essentially booted him off the stage, okay? He kicked him out, went backstage, talked to Jen Sturger, and revealed that uh, he's, he's going to pay for what he did. And that his decision will be severe, and that it would take place at the New York Live show, which I had mentioned before, Um you gotta watch the New York Live show when it comes out because it was in what he what goes down with Andrew Guy. It's intense, so to say the least. And so that was that that was the show. It wrapped up uh, right there. Mark came out and you know kind of closed out the show. It was it was it was a great time. Um, Speaking of Andrew Guy, I want—I had a couple of small stats that I just kind of wanted to throw out there. I'm no Frankie Janish, but I just had a couple of, of stats that I wanted to throw out there. Um, Andrew Guy slash Team Action had seven nominations during these awards and four wins out of those seven nominations. I thought that was pretty impressive. But the most impressive uh, stat is what the Fife Club managed to do during this uh, award show. Um, the Fife Club, which is Rachel Cushing, Clark Wolf, Mark Andraco, and Emma Fife. The four of them together managed to score a total of 22 nominations between the four of them and seven total wins. This is some fantastic stuff going on. This team, this this faction, they are a force to reckon with. And I got to say, I would not be surprised if Mark Andreco ends up with a belt 
around his waist by the end of this year. We could have the Fife Club just running roughshod over the entire uh, schmodown, and I would be okay with that. I thought it was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, th- this was a great show. Uh, a little side note: I noticed that during the credits, uh, that Brett Sheridan was one of the camera operators. I thought that was cool. I didn't know that he did that uh, kind of stuff for them. So I thought that was really neat. For those of you who are fans of Collider Live. Uh, and you can check out my show After Live, which is the unofficial after show of Collider Live. Uh, Brett is on that quite often. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I didn't know that. So, yeah, that that about wraps up this episode of Talking Schmodown. Uh, I had a great time watching. I wish I could have talked a bit more about uh, the live show, but next week I'll be diving into that since it'll be live for the public. Yeah, so uh, make sure that you hop on social media and uh, give me a follow. I'm on Facebook at uh, Merc with a Movie Blog, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Movie Blog Merc. I also have a uh, YouTube channel which you can find. It's under Merc with a Movie Blog, uh, where I'm, I'm going to be doing more uh, like trailer reactions and stuff like that. I'm gonna probably I'm considering starting to do video reviews as well. And be sure to check out the website, which is www.merkwithamovieblog.com, where I post uh, written reviews and stuff like that as well. And uh, head on over to uh, my other site. If you're a big fan of DC Comics, of all things DC, head on over to www.dccomicsnews.com. I'm the editor-in-chief over there. You can check us out on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and uh, we have a YouTube channel all at uh, D- at DC Comics News. Uh, you know, I- I'm available to talk DC. I'm available to talk movies anytime you guys want. So feel free to hit me up and make sure that uh, you are subscribed to uh, the podcast channel, which is uh, Merc with a Movie Blog, and we have a uh, DC Comics News uh, podcast channel as well. So head on over there and uh, make sure that. Uh, you head over to the Movie Trivia Schmodown YouTube channel and subscribe. And check out TriviaSD.com for all your uh, news and insights. Uh, they do all kinds of cool stuff. You get rankings and uh, updated schedules. and uh, They do editorials, all kinds of stuff to do with the with the Schmodown. It's ran by uh, William Bibiani. He's doing a fantastic job running that site. Make sure you check that out. And if you're not already signed up, sign up for the Patreon. Uh, They're going to be switching over to an $11 tier so that you can have access to all of the live shows. So make sure you do that. Uh, All the live streams, you you don't want to miss out on any of that. They'll be doing uh, live streams, I'm pretty sure, in studio as well. So they might be doing multiple live streams each month. So you want to be able to just be on top of everything. So sign up for that, or and if you can't afford eleven dollars, just get in there and pitch that one dollar. You'll eventually get everything, including all those exhibition matches. Uh, you'll get um, player commentaries, all kinds of great, great content from the Patreon. Make sure that you sign up for the Patreon. Even like I said, if it's just for one dollar a month, twelve bucks a year, that's definitely doable. Uh, so so get over there and, and support the Schmodown. Because without support from fans like you, they could never do uh, you know all the great stuff that they have planned. So make sure you get out there and do all that. 
This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown.